Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Black Women Amplified, the podcast. Your host, Monica Wisdom Tyson, brings you downloadable conversations that matter to women around the globe. We discuss all things black girl magic, amplify our voices, and transform our challenges into triumphs. Monica calls on her league of extraordinary women to push our boundaries, share their expertise, and stories of personal transformation. Welcome your host of Black Women Amplified, Monica Wisdom Tyson. I am excited to introduce to you, oh my God, let me tell y'all something. This lady is, you know you how you have women around you that you're like, that elevate you to want to be your best self rain is one of those people rain keith is a powerhouse chef visionary and innovator as the ceo of sweet art bakery and love and magic mixes chef rain has elevated soul food into the conversation of culinary arts Rain comes to us with a full and open heart, sharing her story of business, life, motherhood, and finding love again. I could talk about this incredible woman for hours, but I'm certain you'd rather hear from the goddess herself. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the extraordinary Chef Rain. Hello, Black Women Amplified family. This is your girl, Monica Wisdom, and I am so excited that you're here with us today. We have a very special guest, a woman that I have known and loved for a long time. She is a sister in business and a soul sister number one. Um, She is someone who is (laughs) revered in our Black girl magic community. Don't and make I, me cry, Monica. I'm, like, I'm gonna do a Barbara Walters on you. And <laughs> I really wanted to have this conversation because not only is she a fantastic person, a great mother, and a pillar of the community, she is a fierce, fierce businesswoman. And it's time for the world to know that she has navigated through recessions and pandemics and real life, and mm-hmm. is an entrepreneur. She's got some secrets and some experiences that I think that will benefit us all. And we just need to hear a story. So everybody, welcome to the Black Women Amplified, Rain Keys. You did it. Thank you. <laughs> now that I, my face is wet from crying already at the beginning. Oh, well, let's get it. Let's get the tears out, girl. You are fabulous. There are people that I look at. And even though as entrepreneurs, we all stay in our silos, I'm over here doing my thing. You're over here doing your thing, but we pass each other by and it's always love. Yeah. Like authentic, deep love. Like, you know, it's you and it's a FY and there's Mm -hmm. just certain black women in this community that uh, Makat, there are certain people that have just been around for a long time. And because we're all so busy, we just pass each other by, but we support right. each other in the ways that we can. Right. And, you know, maybe when we're 60. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not feeling far away oh, at no. all. 
I was like, we started this in our 20s. Now it's 30s, 40s. Now it's, I'm in my 50s and I know you're I'm almost there. Almost there. And it's just one of those things like, okay, maybe we need to sit down and have some conversations mm-hmm. because we've all gone through similar experiences and we've all seen the same things come and go. Yeah. We've all been at the same concerts at Erica Badu and <laughs> Jill Scott and at the Symphony and at the Jazz Bistro. But it's always a warm embrace of Sister, I Got You. And you are one of those people that have been around. Sweetheart is your restaurant. It is. And you yeah. started in 2008. 2008. 2008. In 2008, we were in the midst of a recession. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I didn't even know what that really meant because I never had money. So right. Right. <laughs> I wasn't thinking, oh, we're in a recession. This might not be a smart time to to open a business. Um, I was just thinking I have to make some money doing something that I love where my children, who were very small at the time, can be a part of, too. Mm hmm. And I thought, well, owning my own would give me some flexibility. It didn't. Uh, <laughs> they say you work, you know, you can pick which of the 24 hours you work, the first 24 or the last 24 <laughs> as an entrepreneur. And my heavens, that's what it felt like. That's what it felt like in the beginning years. Yeah, I was, uh, my dad was an entrepreneur. So I remember being the little kid. And if I wanted to see him, it was either he was taking us to the, taking these little kids to the midnight show mm-hmm. or we were going to work with him. Mm-hmm. And so, and then my summers at nine was started. He had a pharmacy and like, it was, he was like the original Walgreens. Oh, and so nice. my, my job at nine was to work the front register. I could sell everything but cigarettes. Oh and wow! So, but that's how I saw my dad. It was always mm-hmm. in business or he was asleep on Sundays. <laughs> yes. Oh, I used to be dead to the world on Sundays. <laughs> I couldn't move. It's like you oh. ever crawl in the bed and lean on him and watch TV, but he was knocked out. <laughs> so I understand what your kids have seen because that Sunday you think, okay, when Sunday comes, what is it like for you when Sunday comes? When Sunday comes, I think people think because I cook for a living, I'm just making glorious meals. <laughs> all week long look if i get a frozen dr prager's patty (laughs) and some vegetables and maybe a sweet potato and it's very it's not glamorous but on sundays that's the day i will cook a whole meal i will make sure it's it feels elaborate my mom used to do that she used to do a sunday meal she worked a whole bunch and she would always make sure she had a nice sunday meal so i try to do the same So Sundays now is my spiritual day. I like to meditate, sit at my boboda, journal. When I cook, I also do a plate for my egun, my ancestors. I catch up with my children, those who are here. Two are in college now. Mm. Uh, One's a senior in high school. So everybody feels real grown. Mm. Um, mm, It's painful. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I still I still make that Sunday meal and that's just my day to connect with myself because I can get completely lost, overwhelmed, filled with anxiety, dodging depression here and there, all those other days if I don't ground myself on Sundays. Mm, so Sunday becomes your ritual. 
Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. Now that I'm older and I have to be more mindful about my body and my health, I do take time every day to take care of myself in some way. And that's either through exercising, making sure I've prepped my afternoon smoothie, making sure my water bottle's full. Like there are certain things that I do daily, but Sunday is really my day to just disconnect, disconnect. Don't you have to feel like you always have to stay ahead of yourself when it comes to taking care of yourself? <laughs> yeah. Like put all the places, put all the dots in order. So I just walk into it as opposed to, because if you don't do it at the beginning or the end of the day, it won't get done. It won't get done. It absolutely will not get done. And I'll be angry. I'll be like, ain't nobody taking care of me. I need some tenderness. Yeah. Then I'll become that person. But yes, I have, I have to make sure it's done because you disappear if you don't. And I watch my mom do that. I watch her just kind of, she never had time for herself. She never was gentle with herself. She never gave herself grace. So I'm trying to rewrite what I've seen because my daughter is watching. Mm-hmm. And your sons. And my sons. They are. Mm. They are. So you t- you speak a lot about your mom and I, I can feel your mom's energy when I walk into Sweet Art. Mm-hmm. Tell me about mm-hmm. her. You know, my mama, her name was Juana Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. She was a tiny little woman, you know, about 5'2". And she just, I, every time Monica, I went to work, every time when we first started Sweetheart, I had this vision of creating a company that I never thought, oh, I'm going to have 18 Sweethearts. No, I just thought I'm going to get me a company that does well, gets my kids through college without student loans because student loans are the devil. <laughs> um and gives my mama a little apartment someplace. You know, I would drive by the taller apartment buildings in the Central West End. And I was like, I want to put her in a place that has a doorman. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I was working for a lot. Girl, don't get me to cry. Oh, you are Barbara Walters. Um, <laughs> listen, 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 listen. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Your, your, your mother's legacy, and I'm not going to get you to crying, but the tenderness that you put in that space that you have, I know that now I'm going to get to crying. (laughs) 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 There are certain, this city is a lot, right? It is. And for black people, black women, it's a lot. So there are very few spaces that we feel safe. And Mm -hmm. I know that you know, in our younger days, we had Troy's on the park and Club Isis and um, Mm -hmm. Nick's Wine Bar and we had Sweet Art. So there were places that we would gravitate to. We felt like we could be ourselves. And so I know because you've spoken about your mom that she's a lot. She's in you. (laughs) I'm I'm going to go to a Black Panther reference. She is in you. And Mm -hmm. Because when you walk into your place, I always tell people it's like a, a warm hug from your favorite auntie. Mm. Um, the pictures mm-hmm. on the wall to the music that you play, it's all blackness. It's all our culture, but it's mm-hmm. elevated in a way of who we really are. 
And so that's why I ask you about your mom, because I think that she is a part of your story and a very important part of everything that you do. She is. And in those beginning years, I, my sights were on, you know, she was in a marriage that she'd been in for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, And she was not very happy. She never learned how to drive. She didn't have some of the things that I equated independence with. So I was working really hard to give her those things. I just want, I wanted to set her up. You know, people have these dreams of having McMansions and this and that. I wanted to set my mama up. Mm -hmm. I wanted her to be comfortable and stop working. She always had two jobs. She always worked around the clock. And I just thought, man, She's not supposed to be living like that. Mm -hmm. And several years ago, she had a massive heart attack and died Mm -hmm. like that. And it, I'm going to use a little profanity. It shocked the shit out of me. It devastated me. Mm -hmm. I was just, I just, I was angry. Mm -hmm. I felt like, God, you know that I was all that I'm doing is for her and my children. Like I'm just the, the in-between I was working like this for her mm-hmm. and to make sure the kids were good. So, yeah, I, I have a picture of my grandmother, on my mantle, that big painting behind the counter is my mom when she's a little girl. Oh, um, that's your mom. Yeah. That's my mama. Oh, I'm that is my mama. Mm-mm, that's my mama. I so told when you I, I come in, your mama up in there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, her energy is all up and through there. So I love when I'm there alone because I get to speak to their energies. They're always around me, but I believe without a shadow of a doubt, they have sustained this business. I should have, could have, would have closed eight or nine times by now, easily. Every horrible thing that can happen to a business has happened to sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And my ancestors, my mom, they are they are pulling strings and putting out fires and moving me this way and that way uh, to keep it going. So, yes, her spirit is really big. Her energy is really big. And I have to think about her life and her death to change my life and my final time here because like her I I just started working a bunch mm-hmm. I was working easily 70 80 hours doing and it's hard labor you know it's really hard on your body and now if I work a 12 hour day I feel like I've worked 20 right um it's just look I'm not saying I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm still sexy. I am not as young as (laughs) this body once was. Yes. So I'm really doing my best to, to honor her daily by not exhausting myself. I feel like we're all, our generation is in that conversation, especially looking at the younger people where they don't have the, they don't have the same, grind of loyalty that we have (laughs) Mm -hmm. they are loyal to themselves to themselves so we're looking at them like well what are y'all doing like you just playing your phone all day but you're a millionaire how's that working right (laughs) like do i need to get on tiktok (laughs) 
I have I've done this all wrong. <laughs> so tell us, you started in 2008 with your restaurant. Mm-hmm. Before that, though, was being owning a restaurant your dream, or did it? Is it just something that fed a need at the time? You know, I cooking and baking was it, it become a passion. I would do it as a young girl if we had the ingredients. You know, when you popo, you just kind of making stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we had the ingredients, I'd like to play in the kitchen. I had ended up at SLU and I majored in English and French. And when I went to study abroad in Lyon, I was at those little patisseries every day, twice a day. And I'm sure that helped me fall more in love with the baking process. But the thing about it was, oh, French desserts are delicious, but I was craving things my mother made. Mm. I wanted a yellow cake with chocolate frosting. I wanted peanut butter cookies. I wanted, you know, those Southern sort of baked goods that don't always get the, the love and glory that classic French pastries do. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was craving. And I had gone up, I, I was the queen of part-time jobs. Once I had the kids I would teach aerobics. I worked for a nonprofit. I was editing on the side. I worked at Merrimack in the writing lab. Like I, <laughs> you kept a job. This kid on in living color called Jamaican man. I yes. was Jamaican man, honey. <laughs> I worked. So I, and I had been freelancing for a local magazine and they had a position for uh, an assistant editor, associate editor, something like that. And I'd been working for them for a while. And I went to the interview, like one of the final interviews and four editors were there and none of them looked like me because that's not the, the publishing world here. And I was just talking and I thought my chances were pretty good because I'd done several freelance things for them. And at the very end of the interview, one of the editors said, how many children do you have again? <gasps> mm hmm. And before I could answer, another editor said three <gasps> and she made her eyes real big, leaned into the woman like I had 12 kids and <laughs> I got on the elevator after saying, you know, thank you so much for the opportunity and all of that good stuff. Walking to my car, I said, you are not going to get this job because you have little kids And out of everything you said and everything you've done for them on a freelance basis, the last thing spoken was, how many kids do you have? Mm. And I said, whatever I do, I'm going to have to do something where my children aren't seen as, you know, uh, a problem problem Mm -hmm. to how I work and what I can do. My now ex-husband, Kababi, who's St. Louis, you know, love St. Louis um, artists, said, you know, we should just go for it. We should open a place. We had no idea what we were doing. And it showed. Um, <laughs> it showed. But, you know, we learned what we could. And really, though our marriage didn't survive, I think it was destiny that it didn't. Because that experience of opening a place and having to make it a go 
otherwise you're going to be homeless with three small children required that I learn how to be a leader. And I was never comfortable being a leader. I was comfortable baking. I could bake, but I was not comfortable being a leader and being a businesswoman. But I tell you what, I learned and I had to. And I learned a lot. And I know people don't like to talk about divorce and things like that. But once I saw that my marriage was in trouble, I said, honey, you have three children. Mm -hmm. If you don't make it a go at this, you know, it was hard getting a job beforehand. If you can't make this go, you're in a situation. You're in a situation. You're either in a marriage that is no longer growing either of you and you're just there because you don't want to be homeless mm -hmm. or you're creating something that you can grow and that can sustain you and your family. And that required, I developed skills that I was afraid to have and that I hadn't seen mimic in a way that resonated with who I am as a person. All of my managers and bosses were white men. Mm -hmm. For my whole life, I am not a white man. I do no. not have <laughs> I do not have any of their their character traits and things like the, the things that I saw didn't resonate with who I was. I didn't know if I needed to be the angry black female that people talk so much about because I was experiencing people not being respectful, like employees not being respectful when unless I, you know, turned into a dragon. And I said, no, it's not uh, this dragon ain't me unless you try my kids. Then I'm a dragon <laughs> or my money. Then I am a dragon. OK, don't touch my kids, my food or my money. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I wanted to be a, a conscious leader and a compassionate one that resonates with me spiritually. And now I know that sometimes I'll get staff members who can step in to that sort of leadership and work well. And those who don't now I can say, good luck on your search. We're not a good fit for you without mm -hmm. changing my character and, and who I'm deciding to be. So, yeah, big learning, big learning. Everything happens the way it's supposed to. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for all of the messiness and the heartache and everything that happened because I'm, I'm liking who I am now in <laughs> every way, business and otherwise. Honey, coal, when it's pressured becomes a diamond. So you were in your mm -hmm. diamond phase. So <laughs> let's, let's, um, you have been through some challenges. Like you said, all mm -hmm. the things have happened to your business. What is it that you lean into? Like, do you have a business philosophy? Do you have a go-to mentor? Like, where do you, how do you, and what is your process of figuring out how to get through the challenges? Like losing your mother, going through divorce, a pandemic, a recession, all of those things. Because here's the thing, as a customer, I don't feel it. Praise. Even Thank though <laughs> behind it might look like the last dragon. High madness. <laughs> <laughs> when you walk in the door, it's like, hello, what would you like today? So 
how do you, de- and I know over the years you probably have developed a method that works for you, but what is the process mm-hmm. that you go through that when it's time for you to hunker down to get mm-hmm. through this tunnel of chaos, what is that piece? Yeah. So I'm a crier. Um okay. <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> i wanted to spell that strong black woman thing that i fell into i gotta be strong black woman no honey i have to cry first yes. um i will i will be home um because i'm very sensitive about what energy i put into the shop so i'm not crying there unless i just have to get through a bunch of orders or something um and no one will see me i'll just go to the bathroom But if I have to cry, I cry it out. And then I get very quiet and I, I pray. I have a strong faith in God, but I also, and not that I, I, you know, I don't see God as this huge, all knowing, all loving being, but I will say, but God, I thought you said you, you wanted me to do this, you know? And if, if this is what I am to do, I need some help and I need some guidance Mm -hmm. to get through this part of it because this is painful. Um, or this is putting me on the brink of closing or, you know, this is too much right now. Um, you know, people like to say, What doesn't kill you make you stronger. I say what doesn't kill you sometimes make you wish you were in a coma or something because it, you know, too much is too much. So when I get to the space of too much, I get quiet. If I need to cry, I cry. I sit, I pray, I free write to see what comes before I go to sleep. I say, show me in a dream. Um, show me what I need to do in a dream because speaking of my mother my mother comes to me in dreams honey she would come to me and and talk about people and (laughs) (laughs) she has (laughs) if i'm lying i'm flying she will come to me and talk about people she would come to me and say hey what's x y and z and why is that you know this and that um So dreams in my family are very, very important. So when I'm faced with the crisis, I will say, okay, God, I need some guidance. I need to get through this. And I also check in with myself. Do I still want to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, we don't sometimes ask ourselves that. Like, is this what I still want to be doing? You know, I meet people who are like, don't ever close. Uh-uh, don't put that on me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a changing and growing human being. Mm-hmm. And for now, this is what I'm doing. And I like it and I love it. And I want to see it grow. Um, but I, I do check in with myself and say, you know, okay, we're, we're up against something right now. Do you still want to be doing this? Wow. And I pray. And I, I feel, get through it. I feel like you're in my head because I do the same thing. Mm. And and when God says it's time to move, I move. Mm-hmm. And because yes. when I don't, <laughs> it ain't right. <laughs> 
So I have learned mm-hmm. to be uh, submissive to that voice that says, go this way or be patient or be still or be quiet yes. um, or move or just trust me. And mm-hmm. because I've, that's why people like you and Efwa and Shakira and, and a group of us, I know that our guiding force is our relationship with God. Yes. You can read every business book. You can have all the mentors, but we uh, ascribe to a higher level of consciousness when it comes to running our lives because Mm -hmm. our business and our life is not separate. No, it is not. It's an extension of who we are. We didn't open up a business. We just made a world where we could live the life we wanted to live. Yes. And like, like you, it hasn't been about, okay, I want, I want to live on Lindell and I want to shop at this store. It's been, I just want a lifestyle that is comfortable for you that my kids are welcomed. Yeah. And they can learn principles of life and I can teach them day by day. They don't have to rely on school to do that. I'm here with them. And so you've been able to integrate all of who you are into what you do. And that's a beautiful place to be. Like you said, you want to have a conscious. It reminds me of um, when I used to go to LA a lot, there was a cafe called gratitude cafe. Have you ever Mm -hmm. heard of that? I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you go in there, it reminds me a lot of sweet art, Hmm. but it's strictly vegan. So they're, and it's not soul food. So their flavors are different, but like even the menu, because even when I look at your menu, it's very, um, culturally reflective so their menu was you would order they believed in the i am principle so you would order i am Mm -hmm. courageous and it might be like Mm. soup or i am powerful and it would be a smoothie Mm -hmm. so they believed the speaking um speaking life into well using the word to speak into your life as you're ordering these these different foods and with your restaurant you are speaking the ancestors and our elders yes. name every day. So people are calling on Maya Angelou and Nikki Giovanni mm-hmm. and uh, all of these great black women. Where did that inspiration come from? You know, I was um, a French and an English major at SLU. And the only class I ever liked was a class that I took. And they didn't even give me like 400 hour credits for it um, Mm. on black female writers. Mm. It was the only class in all those years of school that I felt good about, that I felt excited to be a part of. Um, And I wanted to be a writer. That was my, that was my goal. I was like, I'm going to be a famous writer. I'm going to publish my first novel by 25 I'm going to do this and that and this. And growing up poor, we had the library, you know, free resource. We moved around a lot. I went to 12 different schools from kindergarten to high school. Mm -hmm. And I was in high school, one high school for all four years. So 11 schools (laughs) (laughs) before high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, So. I just fell in love with reading and it was such a part of my daily life to escape. It was my way to see the world in a bigger way than whatever apartment we were in. 
whatever neighborhood block we were in because my parents were very strict they did not have us out on the street we needed to they need to know where we were going we were you better be back on this porch before the street lights are on okay because like if the, the lights are on you're in trouble yeah. <laughs> lights are on is that ass um and i was the only girl with three brothers so my mother was also concerned with my getting pregnant um and being like some of you know my peers so it was real close watch so we could go to the library and we could read books and we could watch TV in our house. She didn't even let me spend a night at people's house. She was like, Mm-mm, no, I don't know them people. And <laughs> I hated it growing up, but I get it. I get it now. And I'm very grateful, very thankful. So I grew up being a reader and I was amazed at <laughs> when Bell Hooks passed this past year. Mm. I, po- I posted about it because I'd always had Bell Hook nachos. And one of my customers said, I just knew it as Bell Hooks Nachos. I didn't even know that this was a person. I kid you not. Um, like my mouth, like, it just fell open. <laughs> like what? Yes. She was like, I didn't even, I just thought it's called Bell Hooks Nachos. She had no idea what an extraordinary writer Bell Hooks was um, and thinker. So I thought, okay, yeah, I'm never going to change that. I'm never going to change that. And, you know, I picked Arthur's who resonated to my upbringing. I've had one or two uh, different generation, younger generation, black women who come up to me and say, well, have you ever thought of naming something after blah, 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 blah. You know, they're contemporaries. And I'm like, yeah, they're really great. They're good. But this is reflective of my upbringing. So, honey, when you open your thing, name your stuff after them. You, you know? can have Beyonce fried chicken. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you, you can sure have Cardi can. B hottie wings, but Y'all over here. Cardi B bunches or something, you know, do you? Yes, but let me, let me live this out because those were um, Arthur's who made me see how beautiful language could be. Mm-hmm. My uncle recently sent me a book from, um, he was an English professor before he retired and a dean, mm-hmm. but he sent me a book that was, I have to show it to you, sent me a book that was written by two of his professors and mentors. And it's mm-hmm. like the stories of those writers. And I was re- one of the stories is the letter that Phyllis Wheatley wrote to then George General Washington. Mm. Girl, when I was reading that, like my whole brain was just lighting up because mm-hmm. here I didn't know much about Phyllis Wheatley. You know, I see her name everywhere. But to know right. that she was a 16 year old slave, she's writing this letter to then General Washington. He writes her back and says, I apologize for getting back to you so late, but I've been mm-hmm. busy. He's fighting the battles. And mm-hmm. then he said, and because this is such a beautiful letter, I'm going to publish it. Wow. Right. (laughs) Wow. We have, and this is like from the 17, 1800s. And then her letter was just so beautifully, like I miss that language that we used to use. 
Yes. And so I get that. I understand why it's important that people call on, you know, bell hooks <laughs> and call mm-hmm. on Maya Angelou because we have to remember their legacy because they're a part, especially being young black girls. Those were our heroes. Yes. Those are the women that we saw doing the things that, oh, wow, I want to do that one day. So when you create your menu, your food, how do you match the name up to the person? Mm -hmm. The food up to the person, I should say. You know, um, it usually drops into my spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I like our Sonia Sanchez tacos. I was reading one of her poems and it was so sensual, like if I'd read it when I was 17, 18, I would have been like, oh my God, that's nasty. You know, like <laughs> it would have made me blush. And it's not that it was nasty, but like as a grown woman now, re- I, I would have missed it younger. Uh, if someone had explained it to me, I would have been like, ooh, right. You know, but I was reading it as a fully grown woman going, I know that's right, Sonia. You right. know, that poem was, it was nuanced. It was spicy. It wasn't as in your face as, you know, like some current music where they just talking about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it was, it was nuanced. It was, it was slick and sly and mm-hmm. it beautiful. And it, it just spoke of a grown sexual love and like a desire, like, Hey, when you get home, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to show you about my dad. <laughs> I know sometimes I listen to the lyrics we listen to as kids. I'm like, oh, is that what we were singing? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Some of this poetry. I'm like, wait a minute. I've been, re- <laughs> I shouldn't have been reciting this. Oh my God. This was so grown. But yes, that's the beauty so of the of the language. You didn't know mm-hmm. what they were talking. I mean, it's like you said, this music of today, there's like no subtlety. There's no sensuality. No it's just like, yeah. here it is. Take it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, so, we had we had Millie Jackson, but it was right. still clever. It was still clever. <laughs> it was it was still clever it was um so i read that poem and i actually i think it's it might be written in the nook of sweetheart um so not a lot of people see it because that's where i sit and sit on my laptop and i look up at it um but i was like "Ooh, that's spicy so i was like <laughs> okay that makes sense for a buffalo cauliflower chicken taco spicy you know so yeah i'm gonna call those tacos sonia sanchez you know Maya angelou has always been very soulful to me mm-hmm. um and grandmotherly in many ways i you know i've known her story it's it's so awe-inspiring it's just like wow you went from this to this to this to this to maya angelou maya angelou mm-hmm. so she just seems so grounded and so grandmotherly. So, you know, that soulful church basement plate with the macaroni and cheese and green kale and chicken that I was like, that's perfect. That's for Maya. So I usually think of the, the menu item and see which Arthur resonates in my spirit for that item. It always makes complete and utter sense to me. 
Um, and that's all it has to make sense to, really. <laughs> <laughs> if I, I like mean, it, you like yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you this. Just a girly question. How do you keep it sexy? Mm. Because between the eats and the treats, um, you should look like me. You know I, what? Being one, you're beautiful. And don't talk you. about my friend like that. Um, <laughs> thank you. You know, when I, when I first opened, I gained 30 pounds in the first year. Mm-hmm. I am not a tall woman. Um, so it showed. Um, once my mother passed, though, seriously, once my mother passed, and I began to hear about all the other relatively young. My mom was 61 when she passed, you know, and at the beginning of this conversation, I said, 60 don't sound that far away. Mm-hmm. You know, she was young and I'm, I'm now, she was now, she died at a younger age than her parents did. Mm-hmm. So th- that became a motivator for me. Now I have a plan to make it to 88. I tell my children all the time when I get to 88, I'm clocking out. It's, it's kind of pointless after that. Um, <laughs> I don't know why 88 <laughs> is the year, but I, I do take care of myself. Now I am not, I won't be showing my body on Instagram. Waste that. Don't nobody want to see all of this like <laughs> that. No, it, it ain't Instagram worthy. You're We're not going to get the me. only fans count account. Ready. No, honey. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> I still glance at myself in the mirror and go, just love it. Just love it, girl. Shit. I got you through. Love it. Uh, (laughs) But um, I do work out. I do eat relatively well. I am mindful of trying my best to shake off stress. I take I take care of myself and it just you can't do this job as taxing physically as it can be and not be healthy. You you can't. I I used to say you should be on my heels when I'm walking through the shop and there's a, a staff member behind me who's 25 30 years younger like i I shouldn't be out walking you honey you got you on your side you should be on my heels but that type of work requires it requires not only mental fierceness but you have to i have to be able to lift 50 pound bags of flour Mm. just in case no one's there to do it for me um and I'd be damned if I asked somebody, you know, I like to be in there and kind of flex. Like, I got it. You need help. I got it. <laughs> That's what I call black girl syndrome. Like, we need to right. change that. We need to change yes, that. Yes, we do. I'm so there, you know, hurt yourself and your tender back ring. You better cut it out. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I employ yoga now multiple times a week uh, okay. to keep me limber and also it does something to my brain exercise in general does something to my brain i think whatever they say about the endorphins and the balancing they are absolutely correct i am better when i have moved my body mentally so i do that 
uh, five to six days a week. I eat well, you know, and I want to keep it sexy. I fell in love with someone after saying I will never, ever with nobody, never, because, ooh, exhausting. Ugh. Um, <laughs> Girl, that's a whole nother podcast, because, baby, I tell people I like, all the oh, time. Mm, after is- being married for 20 plus years. I was like, oh, this is what they meant by it's toxic out here. I was <laughs> very, Ooh. very disappointed. I said, oh, I'm going to be. I'm like, who raised you? Ooh, who? Where are raised they? you? I need to speak to your mother. Like the Karen <laughs> said, I need to speak to the manager. I need to speak to your mother because yes. <laughs> you don't even have it basic. It's a hot mess. Ooh, I'm not going to talk about mess. it. But oh my and, God. Um, I was mindful that I had self-worth, so mm-hmm. dating wasn't going to look look the same for me um, because I was quick to be like, oh, no, uh-uh, this ain't going to work. But thank you. You know, <laughs> I don't I wasn't given chances. I was like, need, no, you, it, this we, seems this seems off. Yes. We need a T-shirt sidebar that says, but thank you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is your thing. But thank you. Yeah, like good, good you. day. But thank you. But oh, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, mm. yes. So I, so I did happen to fall in love with someone, and I want to be active with him. I, I want to be able to, you know, if we want to go for a walk or a hike or whatever, I want to be able to do it. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I want I want to take care of myself. I want to look as good naked as I possibly can. It's still a scene. It's not a crime scene, but it's still a scene. You know what? And- Stop. <laughs> it's a scene. I'm sure it's glorious. <laughs> yes, your complexion. I, I, tell, your complexion. I tell myself, honey, is look. You better love it. You better love it. Listen, so- <laughs> I have realized that men don't care as long as you're naked. Yeah, my brother told me that. My brother's like, ain't nobody, look, we just <clears throat> happy to get to the, your clothes are off. Wow, right? wait, thank <laughs> They're you, like, Lord. A naked girl is in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nobody thinking about cellulite and stretch marks. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, that, that, that's what they teach us, but they, they do not care. <laughs> they do not care. They really do not care. Um, so yeah, that- so... Well, that is, well, congratulations for finding love. Thank oh, you. that's inspiring. So I want to ask yeah. you um, a couple of business questions before we get into the future of Sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe we've been on here for almost an hour. Me either. You're so easy <laughs> to talk to. <laughs> so I said, we said, when we could turn 60, we got to all sit down and have a conversation and just okay. release all of this. But Black women right now are the, because of corporate America and life, are the growing group of entrepreneurs. But we mm-hmm. are the least, we are the last in the line to get financing. And yep. I know that everybody's doing all the diversity trainings and the this and the that. But have you seen like in real life a change in the opportunities for financing for your endeavors? Uh, no, um, mm. 
Let me be me, very honest. Me I didn't. I did not open with a loan. Okay. Um, it wasn't until maybe year eight that I got a small loan through Justine Peterson. Oh, wow. Um, and I mean, tiny. Now, when I think about it at the time, I was like, "Ooh, praise. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but now that I'm actively trying to grow, I'm like, that was, a, that was a really small loan, but it was the first one that I got. No one was taking a chance on me. And I remember I had been with Bank of America for years and decided to change banks and went with, went to PNC. No bank was giving me money either. Um, and I had gotten a fryer at the shop. Everything was secondhand and this and that. I'd gotten a deep fryer at the shop and I had to get a new hood. And for my insurance, it's like you get a fryer, you got to get a new hood, a different hood uh, ventilation system. So it was going to cost X number of thousands of dollars, like 15000 something like that. Uh-huh. And, you know, I didn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> and all was so I choked on that number <laughs> for one thing. Oh my god. And yeah, and so the place I was going to purchase it from, they said, Well, there's a finance company that we work with and they might be able to finance you. And I was like, Oh Jesus, please let them be able to finance me. Please, 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 please. And I got on the phone with the, with the gentleman who owned the company to finance. And he said, I ran your credit. It's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. I want to meet you though. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. White man. I said, sure. Well, I thought maybe he needs to see that it's a real shop, even though this is a hood and nobody is putting this sort of hood in their home. Um, so I said, sure. Come by at this time. I'd love to sit down and talk with you. And he came by, he sat in the hallway, I sat in the hallway, I said, so is this going to be a possibility to get finance? Because, you know, for my insurance purposes, I need to have this happen. And Monica, when I tell you that man, it was almost like he had a toothpick in his mouth. Like He talked to my breasts for 90% of the conversation. And I was so uncomfortable and I felt so degraded and violated. And, and yeah. And it was, he was like, you know, we can finance you. It's like, you know, like I said, your credit's not bad. It's not exceptional, but it's not bad. I just wanted to come down and give a look, see. And I, a look, see. Mm-hmm. I, I called my bank. I said, is there any way I can get a line of credit? And they said, well, let's see, we will run your credit. We'll go through the process. Da, 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 da. And that was my first line of credit to where I could get that hood. Mm-hmm. I was already almost a decade in business by that point. Mm. That was the first time. I, and it was a small line of credit, mm-hmm. but I was able to get the hood. I didn't get any more financing until PPP. And I didn't even get the first round of PPP. I was like, whoo, they made it sound like this is a, if you got a business, you get it. It was like hitting the jackpot and you got the number. You were like, well, shit. 
goodness gracious. I said, well, okay, well, I didn't get it, but I'm going to stay, stay in this and make it happen. And then the second round, I did get some PPP funding. Um, and every funding through the pandemic, I was like, boy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it without it. Mm-hmm. So, and we were saying before we started recording that I understand the businesses that decided to close. I, I didn't look at it as, oh, they didn't make it. I look at, I looked at it as, oh, they're choosing a little bit more freedom and a little bit more joy because an already stressful industry mm-hmm. got hit with a one-two combo and shoosh, it's even more taxing now. Um, so yeah. So yeah, we're not, we're not financed the same. We are not. The pandemic loosened up some financing with the PPP loan um, and the economic disaster loan. Mm-hmm. But before all of this time, I wasn't, nobody was throwing money my way. And I was defined the odds as being a brick and mortar food establishment that made it past year five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why when I started the conversation, I think that you should be a part of when we talk about business leaders in this town and restaurant tours in this town, you should be included because I think of all of the establishments that have come and gone and you didn't have, and I'm not talking about anybody. You didn't have the power of Oprah Winfrey behind you or any of these. Hello. Yes. (laughs) Let's, let's speak that into the universe. But <laughs> she needs a love and magic cake mix. Somebody, yeah. please get it oh to my Oprah. God. I've been trying. Favorite thing. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Let's get into that. Let me, let me ask this one last business question. And mm-hmm. then we're going to get into the future of Sweetheart and the future of Rain because they are one and the same. How did you navigate? Because 2020 hit everybody like a brick. Mm hmm. You know, my industry, we had to shut down. They were like, you are non-essential. Just close your doors. Like what? Right. Your industry had to pivot because people still wanted to eat. Now, kids were at home. Families were at home. And mamas were not used to cooking every night. So they still needed. And (laughs) and you make cupcakes and cookies. People want that comfort food. But how were you able to switch gears? Because you had to do it really quickly. It wasn't a... Let's make a six month plan. It was like tomorrow. Right. Be ready for, <laughs> for curbside. <laughs> that is the truth. That is the truth. And here's the thing. Full disclosure. Nobody wanted to work. Right. They look and people were like, why are y'all still on curbside? Why? Because I did curbside for a long time time. Mm -hmm. I did no dining for a long time because people were not wanting to work. Everyone on my staff pre-pandemic wanted to get unemployment. Um, They, people were like, can you just pay me off the books? But you can't do that with PPP money. Right. Uh, People like, well, you know, I can door dash and take and get this unemployment. Um, so people were not wanting to work. And then those who wanted to work wanted to get paid so much more money for the industry. I'm not fine dining. 
And I used to say, well, you know, fine dining, there's a different skill set. I'm sure they get paid more. I ask around town now, I'll go here and there and be like, what's your line chef making? What should this make? And then I'm, I'm comparable. I'm paying as much now. Mm-hmm. And that's reflective of, you know, people saying, I need more money because I can also, I, you know, we laughed at TikTok and <laughs> people making millions. <laughs> I can get me a YouTube channel all right. about nails and be rich. You know, they're, they're brave. Uh, they got somebody else who, you know, they might be living with their parents. They might be six deep in an apartment. Um, so getting people to work, shifting to curbside, I took five weeks close. I closed for five weeks. Mm -hmm. I had a little bit of money saved enough to sustain me to where I could think. Right. Um, my son was like, the shop is closed. How, how are you making money? I was like, thank you for noticing. Um, <laughs> it's called, I saved. <laughs> right. It's called, you know, this house needs a lot of repair, but I was like, Mm-mm, let's just do what I can DIY <laughs> here and there. Um, so I had a little bit of savings to close down for five weeks. And I also had people who wanted to leave. I had people who didn't feel safe. I had people who, you know, had small children or lived with older parents with health ailments and they didn't want to take the chance of getting COVID. You know, it was very scary in the beginning. Um, and the people who wanted to work, them wanted, you know, more money or to be paid under the table or this and that. It was a lot to navigate. I was grateful that I had a little save that I could take four to five weeks off revamp. I had a dream. We talked about dreams. Mm -hmm. I had a dream. And in that dream, somebody was like, you're, you need to be open Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Cause that's when people spend money. Mm -hmm. And I had never been open on Sundays before. And, and Sundays were my day of Mm -hmm. rest, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad I listened to that dream because those were the most profitable days to do curbside. Um, and now, you know, we're open four days a week. Uh, we're open eight to four. The hours are going to change. I'm going to do a little bit more in the evening for a couple of days. I have applied for a liquor license. Not Ooh. that I'm going to be a bar. I know, but you know, you might want a mimosa with your breakfast sandwich. I mean, you know, I'm just saying. For I those have been who Listen, I've been telling people <laughs> I wish somebody would open up. Because you re- remember in the West End... Mm-hmm. There used to be, what was that restaurant in the West End we would go to after we went to the club? Started with an H. I don't remember. But at night we would leave. It wasn't Uncle Bill's and it wasn't uh, IHOP or whatever, but it mm-hmm. was in the West End. It's kind of like across where Wild Fla- Fla- uh, Flower used to be. Okay. Okay. I so, think I know where you, I can't remember the name of it though. <laughs> It would be open to like three in the morning. They had the best food and they serve breakfast and liquor at night. <laughs> I'm biting that. And then um, we would wait in line. To, I mean, wait in line to get in because you could continue the party. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so I, yeah, I apply for a liquor license. Um, hopefully I will have that 
my goal is hopefully by um, Valentine's Day because it's been in the works for a couple of months now. Mm-hmm. So um, I plan on doing a couple of evenings a week for dinner. I plan on doing Sunday brunch um, and seeing seeing how it changes and grows. I had someone come up to me just the other day saying, if you ever sell it, contact me first. And I thought somebody would want to buy this. <laughs> oh yes. Let me say this. Like, your your reputation is legendary. Like oh, when wow. people say sweetheart, they're like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, it's either you, oh you know, I, mm-hmm. I was gonna say, you know what? And you don't I personally never feel that per se because I have to block out the adoration and the hateration because you can't believe the adoration and not believe the hateration. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems it feels like that criticism and, 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 you know, that internet ooh, stuff yeah. can be really, um, alarming. So I, if I've practiced, you can't fall into that. So I've not fallen into, Oh, sweetheart either. Um, but it's nice to hear. It's nice to hear. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, the way I'm doing it, it keeps me focused on just being better because I tell you every day, somebody, somebody complains about something every single day. We are so- in the era of <laughs> whiners and complainers. Ooh. I'm like, now wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> If you were paying $50 for a pancake, I get it. But, <laughs> but they your, feel like they are. Yes. Yes. I, I, and it's and it's not just with food. It's with everything. I'm like, mm-hmm. I have, and, and this is just business girl to business girl. The last two years, I've heard more c- criticism mm. of what I was doing than I have in my entire career. Mm. And people feel it's this culture that has been cultivated. I don't know if it comes from social media or everybody thinking that they're on Twitter in real life. But yes, it's like, yes. like, what? Oh, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm not doing You're not, you're not, you're not taking my peace and you're not taking my joy. You're not. And, and, and what I try to tell my staff who, you know, sometimes people are just horrible to people in the service industry. Mm -hmm. You know, my daughter who, um, worked through the pandemic, left schooling and came to the shop and worked through the pandemic. I wouldn't have gotten through it without her. Mm -hmm. Um, she was so happy to leave working (laughs) from sweetheart. (laughs) I I look, she will tell you to this day, and it's not that everyone was horrible. It's that the ones who were really were. Really were. Yes. Really were. Really were. I'm like, go find and your joy. Please go find your joy. Your therapist, whatever your you need. <laughs> Yo, mental your CBD, whatever you need. But take yes, it up out of Stop yeah. suffering from entitlement because this is bad, bad, y'all. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. Now, the beauty of your place is that. It is legendary, even though you might not read it or hear it. Mm-hmm. And you have garnered some national attention, ma'am, from I have. the New York Times. Yes. 
There was that? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> and then recently, you were featured on a Netflix show called Fresh, Fried, and Crispy. I was. And that... Yeah. How did you conjure that up, ma'am? Was that on your vision you know, board? That was, that was... That's one of my words. That's on my business, my personal business card. I'm a conjurer. Um... So thank you for the reminder. <laughs> I, it, it was one of those somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. There was a Vietnamese local Vietnamese chef who knew an associate of mine and said, do you know uh, a minority chef who fries something? And he said, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think he even said a, a minority woman. He was like, I do. Uh, yeah, rain over at Sweetheart. And so that chef contacted or was contacted by the producers of the show and said, Hey, contact rain. He's over at Sweetheart. She fries something. And I thought this ain't going to happen. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> this is not going to happen. Not at all. And they had a zoom. And I cried in the Zoom because I'm a crier. Mm -hmm. um, but they, you know, they were talking to me, and you know, you, you know, your story just <sighs> when you're living living through things. And we were still very much so in the pandemic. Um, and I had to take a COVID test. And Monica, I got so scared because I really am the behind the scenes type. Mm -hmm. um, I've just now started to put my face on camera a little bit more in posts. I uh, have a business coach who's like, you need to really go and do it and stop playing. Um, but it, I'm not comfortable with it. It's and a generational it, thing. It, it must be. We didn't even have it. it. So how do we no. know? We didn't have. We had a yeah. pager. <laughs> we had a pager and a quarter. I tell these kids, we had a we had a pager, a quarter, and a flyer, and we were able to do business. <laughs> it was exactly. So how how everyone's so comfortable putting their face and taking selfies and talking to the screen? That's not my thing. I am not comfortable that way. So when they said, "Okay, we're going to do it," do you fry something? I was like, "I fried this chicken sandwich." Um, and they were like, can you fry? Do you do a fried pie? I said, I do. If you need me to do that. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Today. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. They were like, well, the host really likes a fried apple pie. I was like, just so happen I can do that. Um, and so, but when I knew that I was going to be picked for it, they were like in COVID test. I literally was like, oh, I hope this test come out positive because I can't do this. I cannot do this. I had started the day with Prosecco and the day <laughs> had started at 5 a.m. I was like, I don't know what it's going to take to get through this, but this might help. I am so terrified. And then when they got there, of course, my COVID test was negative. It was a 12 hour day of shooting. And mm -hmm. I had so much fun. Mm -hmm. I had a great time. And I felt like, oh, I could do this. I can really do this. Um, and even one of the producers was like, would you want to maybe one day do your own show? If I yes. can figure something out. I said, yes, please. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. And thank you. He was like, start, you know taping yourself and filming yourself because if the opportunity comes up, we think you would be a natural for something. And I'd say, well, you know, please keep me in mind. I, it is not 
something that I'm like, oh my God, this is my dream come true. But I am always future thinking about what is next. Um, what is next? So yeah, I would maybe love one day to have my own, you know, you know, in the, magic, in the love and magic kitchen <laughs> with Seth Rain. <laughs> Put it in the universe. You know, we're both conjurers, yes. so that we're going to put it out there. Yes. And and here's the thing. You were so natural when you were filming with him. I was like, oh, because you're normally very quiet. Yes. Um, well, th- I mean, you're not a you, you talk, but you're very introverted, I should say. So you're very mm-hmm. quiet. You're expressive with your face. So I kind of know what you're saying. But mm-hmm. when you were doing that, I was like, wow, she's really, you're engaging, you were laughing, and it was just a natural connection that the two of you had. So I was like, oh, she should do this. Yes, people thought I knew him. I did not know him. Um, so when we were filming and he said, if I don't like it, I'm going to tell you. And I was like, you can, I'm going to fight you. Like, I'm sensitive <laughs> about my food. <laughs> Speaking so. of your food. <laughs> Now people can literally take love and magic home. You have your own product, your mixes. I do. I never thought that I would have a mix. And that came from the pandemic and it didn't come from the pandemic. I.e. me going, I need to make something to ship because, you know, people were shipping cookies and cupcakes. Um, And I am such a snob about freshness. Mm-hmm. That I couldn't. I was like, oh, I don't want mm-mm. it doesn't taste the same. I don't want to ship pre-baked. Ooh, no, no, no. And I was in the kitchen working on a catering gig early pandemic for Big Brothers, Big Sisters. They were just they were doing something um, for Mother's Day and they employed Sweetheart for it. And I was so grateful because we were still trying to figure out what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I had a gluten-free Bob's, I think it was King Arthur's gluten-free flour mix. I saw it in the distance Mm -hmm. and I was reaching for gluten-free flour and my hand disappeared and the whole room went black for Mm. just a couple of seconds. And I heard like, you know, when you hear a voice and it's a a surround sound voice. Yes. I've had that. Yes. 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 I heard you should be reaching for your own mix. (gasps) And then my vision came back. I looked up at that ceiling, honey. (laughs) I cocked my chin up and looked up at the ceiling. You know how something Mm -hmm. spooky just happened. (laughs) I said, okay. Okay. That is how it happened. That day I started coming up with the recipe for how can people make a really delicious vegan cake or cupcakes at home? I started, I just kept work every single day, change this, change that, add this, add that, take that down a notch, take that down a quarter teaspoon. Um, until I had a vanilla and a chocolate. And recently I've debuted a gluten-free fudge brownie that is now the top seller of all the mixes. Um, yeah. So I have a product line that was divinely advised. Mm. So I know it's going to do good things because I was not thinking that. And to have that sort of magical moment of the surround sound voice from 
the veil, but yeah. beyond the veil. <laughs> I know. I'm sitting here thinking about when they said Harriet Tubman used to have her spells. Mm. And now, now I know what people mean when they had those spells because I've had the same thing. And it's like you literally feels like you go into a a vortex of another yes. space. And it's yes. just a second. It's just a second. It's just a second. But it's like a download. Like, okay, now I know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that is literally how it happened. And I had goosebumps and chills and mm. and determination. I said, you that does not happen. And you go, no, I'm good. No. (laughs) (laughs) When that sort of thing happens, you best to get to moving on it. And so I went, I went to it. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. My goal is to have love and magic in every grocery store. Mm -hmm. Um, I not only the cake mix and brownie mix and frostings, but cornbread, pancake mix, um, mac, mac and cheese, cheese sauce, Alfredo sauce. There's so many things that I've done that can have its own life. I want it to be a line of plant-based, uh, treats and eats. So Mm. that's what, that's what's going to happen. So we're going to conjure up some VC money coming your way. So that you can do your own manufacturing because you have to make sure your plant is producing what you need. Mm -hmm. And let's see. And then we're going to conjure up a marketing and social media team. (laughs) Yes. To get the word out. And it is done. It is done. It takes all of that. Mm-hmm. People are like, my, my love is like, oh, this is delicious. Why don't you do this and this? And it's like, look, honey, I am doing everything <laughs> right now <laughs> myself. <laughs> We're like octopuses. To put the label on right on the frosting <laughs> container is a challenge <laughs> and, and takes me deep breathing sometimes. Like, so yeah, the, to grow a brand really takes it takes some power play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe, I believe it's coming. And my goal now is to be consistent with putting it out there and, and just putting it out and putting it out there in a way that women in my generation weren't taught to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, I was kind of raised to be kind of humble, um, and meek Girl. on things. And, you know, how how dare we say it's exceptional and no one does it better. Um, But that's how I feel about it. So it is exceptional. I tell my girlfriends, I said this, I've discovered the trick. I said, if we had the confidence of mediocre white boys, we would literally take over the world. Yes. That's the like, oh, my shit is the best. Right. But it actually is. (laughs) Right. They, they will look like a solid 6.3 and be like, <laughs> come on. And I'm sitting here like, yeah, I was raised the opposite. Mm-hmm. And I, that's not going to help me in this. Mm-mm. I'm very passionate about what I do. I work harder than anyone I know. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessive about doing it the right way i'm obsessive about how is that cupcake crumb you left we can't leave it in for 30 extra seconds more like 10 seconds 
I'm obsessive because I care and it's my passion. So when I put it out, it is the best. When I put it out, I've had everybody else's. I've tasted everybody's plant-based everything. And I'm putting it out saying, mm-hmm, try mine because mm-hmm. it's superior. I've worked hard on it. I don't skimp on ingredients. Yep, that's Valrona cocoa powder mm-hmm, because it's the best. <laughs> I know when I was a hairstylist, out the same way, meticulous and precise. And people say, what is your, st-? I said, my clients still have edges. That's mm. my claim to fame. <laughs> so, and look, <laughs> and look, it takes a lot to keep the edges. <laughs> uh, look, I ain't going to talk about nobody, but yes, I know. that is the truth. So I, I get, I, cause we just come from that machine. Like we're a machine. Cause when you want to get it right, you want it to be so right that you don't have to think about it anymore. Yes. Mm-hmm. To the point where you pick up a, a bowl and a flower and you know what to do automatically. It's just automatically in you as opposed to yeah. constantly have to think, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Becomes like breathing. Mm-hmm. And so you have mastered baking. Yes. <laughs> which makes you one of the top chefs. Because you yes. have mastered it. So let's move on to, before we conclude, because I literally could talk to you all day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, just something fun, what is on your playlist? Ooh. You know, right now I've been listening. It's such a mix. I've been listening to Kirby. Do you know Kirby? I do not. Okay, you have to find Kirby. I like her. She kind of reminds me of um, a, a, a jazzy current Erica Badu. Um, okay. I I like how she says things. You know, I listen to people's lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's important to me. I listen to their their lyrics um so i'm really feeling kirby right now i'm really feeling what's i'm not feeling right now hmm well i have really gotten into i um, listen to al green all day girl Um, sometimes (laughs) you gotta put on some al (laughs) that's my sunday music i listen to al green all day yesterday i cleaned the house I cooked dinner and it was just me and Al. And I'd be like, Al, you know what? Sing to me, Al. That's right. So yeah, I'm all, I am all over the place. I was listening to Stan Getz the other day. Um, cause I sometimes need jazzy. Sometimes I need no words because they're enough in my brain. Yes. Um, and I just need sound. So yeah, my playlist is varied. It's varied. Yes, I'm the same, same way. And sometimes, and I definitely am a lyrics person because that feeds my soul. Yes. Speaking of feeding your soul, our final question. Mm-hmm. You are oh, treated, I know, you are treated <laughs> to the meal of your dreams. What oh. is on your plate? You know, as soon as you said that, I thought, oh, mama, <laughs> my mama used to make this. And she would make it for breakfast, but we sometimes have it for dinner. And she just called it fried potatoes. It was her fried potatoes casserole. She would cut potatoes um, and slice them long, chop onion, get her 
Lowry seasoning salt and black pepper. Um, she did ground beef. You can use plant-based. Um, and then cheese. And it's something about, we're from the South. It's something about a super starchy fried potato breakfast oh. <laughs> <laughs> on a Saturday or Sunday that was so feeling it just warmed my heart um and I would love to have that as a meal made by my mom because nobody can do it like like she can like right. she could um that would be that would be a go-to meal and I've had very fancy meals all you know this and that and I'm a a, a very good cook but there's <laughs> nothing like right like that meal from my mom yeah that would be that would be my meal of choice. I interviewed, before I interviewed you, I interviewed the um, editor of Cuisine Noir magazine. Mm, mm-hmm. And um, same thing. I asked her a different mm. question, but it was like, I want, it was, she, she's from the Midwest as well. And so she wanted those Midwestern flavors. I was like, of all the foods you can have from all over the world, <laughs> you want cabbage? <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. But there's something about the familiarity of those foods and the memories that they conjure up. And yeah. I can honestly say that when I walk into Sweet Art, that's what I experience. Mm, it's great you. memories. Great memories, a safe space, and your mama's energy all over the place. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I'm not. I'm moving on. I'm moving on real quick. Moving on real quick. How can people one order love and magic to learn more about sweet art? So um, I'd like to tell people the best way to learn about Sweetheart is to follow us on Instagram. I like Instagram. I like to put up a little something and keep it moving. So we are Sweetheart St. Louis, S.T. Lewis. So on Instagram, we're Sweetheart St. Louis to get some love and magic delivered to your home. Order online at my very secure website, um, loveandmagicmixes.com. This has been wonderful. We should have done this years ago, (laughs) but I'm happy we did it now. And I just want to say I have all love for you, my sister. Thank you so much. And same. Very proud of you and your journey. And I, and as a sister in business, we both know what it takes to get to Mm -hmm. 15 years. And here's to 15 more. Cheers to you. And thank you for joining the Black Women Amplified podcast. Um, And thank you for sharing your love and your magic. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate and love you. Thank you for seeing me. Seriously. Thank you for seeing me. I see you. (laughs) Let's go to Avatar. I see you. (laughs) And um, so we are out. Thank you, Rain. I appreciate this. Thank you, Monica. Hopefully we can catch up one day in real lifetime. Yes. <laughs> Over a mimosa or something. Yes. Girl, when you get that liquor, because I'm a night owl, I will be there. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> I love it. I will look for you. I will be there. Just When I when I pick my table, let, just know that's my perch. 
Okay. All right. I, I got you. All right. <laughs> All right, Bye, Mama. Take care. Love you too. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Black Women Amplified. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and log on to blackwomenamplified.com for more information. Keep shining. Keep shining.